Okay, we are now recording. Everything that we say from here on out can and will be used against us in the court of public opinion. All right, are you ready? I'm always ready. Three, two. Uh, yeah, we don't do that anymore, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, we don't yeah, have to click together. We're in the same room now, so we don't have to do that. It's a nice system for when we need it, but we don't need it. Mm-hmm. So, what are we talking about today? Talking about Pringles, pleasures, and papayas. Tell us, how was your trip? My trip was uneventful. It's just the way I like it. I left Virginia on Monday, the 16th of May, and arrived here in Vietnam on 18 May, 2022. So it was 35 hours of total travel time. And then if you factor in the 11-hour time difference between the east coast of the United States and here in Hanoi, um, that made it... Uh, by, by the clock, it's two full days of travel, but it was about a day, a day and a half total. So tiring, but you do it enough times and you get used to it. But I guess you already learned how to travel light and enjoy Mm -hmm. your long layovers. Yes. This time I was able to do a three hour tour of the city of Doha in Qatar where I had a very long layover. It was a nine-hour layover. And at your suggestion, I uh, booked a city tour of Doha, and that was fun. I mean, that's a great way to break up a extended layover in, in a city to go out and see some of the sights. It was, it was really neat. Um, but I was able to sleep on the plane, which was nice, which it doesn't always happen but it happened this time. So uh, we're recording this a day after I got in and I still feel a little jet lagged, but what can I say? We got in at about three o'clock in the afternoon. I I think we finally got home at about probably 3.30 or 4. And uh, I had to take a nap. I I was really tired. So I just hit a wall. I had to take a nap. And, uh, you woke me up and said, dude, you better get up or else you're going to be waking up at one o'clock in the morning and it's all over after that. I said, you're right. And um, so I got a good night's sleep. And I'm not going to say that I'm over the jet lag, but it's certainly not where, where I'm just sluggish and can't function like it has been in the past. So I think uh, with anything, you learn how to do things and traveling is one of them. Mm-hmm. And you met some new friends? Where? On the tour? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, a couple. They had just gotten married. They're Spanish. And they, uh, I think they had gotten married the weekend prior. Or I think a week and a half prior to them being in Doha, they were on their way to Tanzania to do uh, their honeymoon. Wow. And I guess a friend of theirs was, I guess, wanted to come along. Just, just, she wanted to see Tanzania, so there was four of us on the tour, and it was nice. We got to see 
like a market in Doha. And it was interesting how they designed this market. They designed it after like a, if you'd see a market that's four or 500 years old, that's what it looks like. Although it's not 500 years old, it's probably about 20 years old, but that's the way they designed it. And it reminded me of some advice that I give to our clients when they ask for it. And that principle is uh, model, never mimic. So they didn't mimic the design, but they modeled it after the design of an like ancient marketplace. So it was really, really interesting. Had spices, rugs, everything that you would expect in a Middle Eastern marketplace. And but it was a really interesting design. It was really, really well done. How was the smell? The smell? Uh, well, in the section of the market where there was all the spices, it was fantastic. Wonderful. I mean, it's just, there must have been a thousand different spices in all the different uh, uh, tables or, or markets, little stands, whatever. And uh, it was lovely. I, I couldn't identify all of them, but... Why well, I said that amazing. because every country you go and you go to their market or bazaar, mm-hmm. the smell is different. It's mm. authentic to their own region, mm. to their culture, to what they eat and stuff like that. Huh, interesting. So did you feel anything different? Well, I mean, the whole experience was different because it's in a brand new country. I've never been in a Middle Eastern country before. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that it was different. I can't I can't differentiate it from a marketplace in uh, Bahrain, for example. I can't say this is different. Bahrain? Bahrain, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't say it's different from any other country because I haven't been to any other countries. But it was it was an experience for sure. Comparing with America, like the farmer's market in America? Well, yeah, the farmer's market has your standard American fare. They don't have anything that's Americans would call exotic. They have bell peppers, they have... Cabbage, squash. No spices? Not really. No. Not, nothing Nothing that's out of the ordinary. They, they'll have the typical things, but... I mean, they have things that are grown in farms in Virginia. So mm. they don't have any spices that are grown in the Middle East because mm. it's all local. Um, did you get to interact with other people? In Doha? Mm-hmm. Um, the tour guide. What was your experience... Interacting with somebody who is not the same nationality as you. Actually, he and I, I felt like we were like old souls. He's probably my age. And it it was interesting how he would tell a joke. And then I would, he and I built a rapport, like instant rapport. And uh, we had, I could, I could tell that we had similar senses of humor. And if I was leading a tour, I'd probably do it similar to how he did it. He was very, very good at what he did. But he has a, he, his cadence with his speech and his his humor, I thought, was very similar to mine. Like I would tell a joke and then he would laugh at it. And the other people were like, they're not, they're not, a, <laughs> they're not in tune with it. But he and I were, uh, like I think one of the ladies said something like, yeah, you all, in Doha, like to go shopping, don't you? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And he just laughed, and I said, "Yeah, it's the national pastime." And he just laughed at that. And uh, it, it, we just we just had a we hit it off pretty well. And I got 
the impression that um, it, I think my observation about that culture, just very, very limited, being in the airport and being in the city, is there's a very distinct difference between men and women, a very clear demarcation between the sexes that you don't see in America. America is more homogenous, for lack of a better term. There's not as much of a differentiation between men and women. But uh, the, over there you have the, the women, they wear their their things over their head and the parka. Pork? Borka. Borka. Okay. And it covers their face and their, and so... They're the women, especially the younger women, are very deferential to men. Even men that are their age or maybe a little bit older, I, it reminded me of. Um, it reminded me of how uh, young soldiers in the army would be deferential to um, people who've been in the military longer than they have. It reminded me kind of like that. So definitely. Just, just a, uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a reverence, but it was just a respect, more obligatory than, than it was actual, than real respect. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just, men have a different status over there than they do in America. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So probably Americans would shudder at the thought of what I'm saying and say, "Oh, they're a bunch of." pigs over there and they're a bunch of just chauvinists and you know they're not wrong but they're not necessarily right either because what what is accepted in one part of the world and is not in another part of the world doesn't make it wrong that's just the way it is so that was my observation I was that was just being in the airport for a couple of hours and being out in the city for a few hours. Um, but it, it's not like <clears throat> I didn't get the sense that women are second-class citizens or they're less than men. I didn't get that impression. It's just they just treat men with, I don't know, just respect that you don't see in America. Because men over there take care of them fully. Yeah, and it, the women, they know they have to respect them because mm-hmm. the men are, when they get married and they're good men, they are so selfless that all their life they work just for their women. Right, right, yeah, and it's. it's I think it's a cultural difference, I, and I think if uh, an American were to visit and see what I saw, they would come to different conclusions than I have. They would say, "Oh, they're a bunch of chauvinists. They're a bunch of." sexists but you don't there's two sides of every coin you don't see mm-hmm. what goes on behind the scenes there are women like it right right and american women actually they'll hesitate to admit it but they like it too mm-hmm. they like a man i believe that takes control takes charge and mm-hmm. shows leadership i think american women although reluctant to admit it they secretly like that Yeah, but if you fly, for example, an hour over Gulf of Persia and come to Iran, you will see a totally different picture. Yeah, what picture is that? Women are more liberal. They believe in equality. All the 
groups that came out of Iran after the revolution. Their, their leaders are all women. Women have voice. And Iran is the first country in the world that allowed women to drive. I don't know where down, deep down in the history it goes. So with that mentality, just imagine how women are today. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and, and I think we're just talking about cultural differences. Neither, neither is right, neither is wrong. It's just, it, it's, it is what it is in, in a certain area. And I, I think where I'm going is that, that American, an American would see what I've observed and say that they're wrong because they have their own norms in, in their own culture that defines what is proper and what is not. And they would look at what I, if, if, if they would observe what, what I've observed and say, well, they're, they're not doing it right. But it, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it, it's just, it is what it is. <laughs> they're not wrong. They're not right. That's just what they do. Right. You know what I mean? You have to respect anybody's culture. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you travel, you, you get your eyes open to things like that. And, and you see things like that, and you think, wow, that, that, was, that was messed up. But then you think about it more, and you're like, well, maybe it's not. Maybe that's maybe that's the way women expect to be treated. That's mm-hmm. it's how men expect to be treated in a Muslim country. Mm-hmm. It's the way it is. So, traveling makes you more tolerant for sure. Makes you more educated. I think uh, Mark Twain, great American writer, said something along the lines of, and I'm going to butcher it, but travel erases the bigotry out of your mind, or something, something like that. That's not an exact. Is quote. he the one who said no man is an island on its own? I he may have. I, I I know the phrase. I don't know who said it though. That sounds like something Mark Twain would say. But he, I remember a yeah it's something I read him quoted. Travel essentially takes the bigotry out of your mind. Is essentially what he said. So yeah, so that was my trip. And how was your trip waiting for me? <laughs> You're sitting here <laughs> in the apartment. Very eventful. Tracking all of my flights. Yeah. <laughs> Every five minutes I was refreshing the page. And I, at one point I was like, I am tired of charging my phone. <laughs> I keep holding it and putting it and holding it and putting it down. Yeah. Every five minutes probably go. But one thing I appreciate, honey, that when the moment you arrive in Doha, you wanted to talk to me. You keep messaging me. Mm-hmm. And I felt I'm loved. Yes. Yeah, well, that I, that's how you keep a marriage alive. Is you, you just put a little, little deposit into the bank every day, right? Yeah. One day you put salt on my wound. <laughs> the other day you put plaster. Plaster? Plaster? Plaster, what? what's it called? Plaster, right? Plaster? Like a cast? Plaster, small ones. Like a Band-Aid? Band-Aid, yeah. Oh, Band-Aid. It's called plaster. Okay, so sometimes I'm your salt, sometimes I'm your Band-Aid. You remember when we were doing premarital counseling? Mm -hmm. And uh, our counselor asked us, write five or ten things you want to do after marriage together. Right. And I think one of the items that we had on our papers... Uh, was put the same. salt on your wound? <laughs> no, that you said you want to take me 
to see around. You want to go and see around the world and you want to do it with me. And I had the same thing that I would like to travel different places that I've been to show him and maybe new places, discover Mm -hmm. new places with him. Yeah. 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 So we had that in common. I think we both are adventurous. Absolutely. I agree. We should tell our common friend that you are not the only love adventure. Maybe I am also love adventure. Yeah, maybe maybe we are cut from the same cloth when it comes to desiring adventure. So yeah, that is one of our core values in our business, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Adventure. And let's give a shameless plug for our uh, podcast series. I thought we were going to do the one on energy today, but it looks like we took a detour into travel. So we'll do, publish this one separately. We'll do energy tomorrow, which is good because I have very little energy today. <laughs> With all that being, sex. <laughs> being the day after I traveled and made a baby, we hope, with all of those attempts, there's got to be one seed that made its way in past the gates. I'm James and this is my wife, Sana. Together, we are known as James and Sana. And we invite you to check us out on the web at jns.media. That is the name of our business. We offer production services for podcasts, coaching, Two pillars of our business is production and education. And uh, so we provide everything that you need to get your message out to the world in the most effective and efficacious way possible. JNS.media, and we'll be in your earballs soon.